Flowers Bakery here in Montgomery feeds a lot of people. In today's world of instant fast food ordering and front door delivery, it's easy to forget that it takes a lot of work behind the scenes to ensure that all of us have enough bread to eat. In Matthew chapters 14 and 15, Jesus and his disciples find themselves with crowds of people in out-of-the-way places where food is not so easy to come by. Jesus had withdrawn to a solitary place, but the crowd hears about it and follows him there. We read, When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We here have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about five thousand men, besides women and children. Over the next two chapters, Jesus shows his power by walking on water, and he invites Peter to have faith to walk on water too. He honors a Canaanite woman, an outsider, for having the faith to ask him to heal her daughter. And he criticizes the religious leaders because they're more concerned with washing their hands before they eat than cleansing their hearts to obey God's commands. Then at the end of chapter 15, he's back in a similar situation as where we started. A remote place, a crowd with no food, and a challenge to his disciples to feed them. Once again, he feeds over 4,000 people with just seven loaves of bread. And once again, there's plenty left over. Jesus is running a different kind of bakery, it seems. One where faith, not scarcity, is the driving force, and one where feeding the heart is as important as feeding the belly. Hello, Fraser family. Thank you so much for taking uh, a few minutes to watch this video. A few weeks ago, uh, I really felt like we needed to pause as a church family and talk about grief and how God heals us in our grief. Uh, but we're also part of a, a large and very long sermon series right now entitled Thy Kingdom Come. And so I wanted to shoot this message uh, midweek and send it out to you to kind of get us back on track with our series as we're making our way toward Easter. And then ultimately, the Sunday after Easter, where we talk about the Great Commission. Now, this past Sunday, we talked about how to follow Jesus when the church does not. How do you follow Jesus when the religious people around you are not doing a really good job of following Jesus? Today, I want to talk about how do we serve like Jesus? What does it really look like to do ministry the way Jesus did ministry? But as we get started uh, today, uh, I want us to do uh, right now what we do every Sunday, and that is pray for another church in our area. And so today, we're going to pray for Better Covenant Ministries and their pastor, Andre Prude. And so as we get started, let's pray for Better Covenant and Pastor Andre along with ourselves. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you right now because you are so good. And you're doing amazing things in our church, in our city, around the world. And I pray that we would see that. Lord, we lift up to you, Pastor Andre, and Better Covenant Ministries. Lord, we pray your blessings on them. Would you be with them uh, during these uncertain days of this pandemic? Would you inspire their leadership? Would you help them grow the kingdom right where you have them planted? And Lord, would you help us? today. Would you help us hear your word and receive it for ourselves? We pray this in Jesus' good name. Amen. 
You know, all of us say that we want to be like Jesus. Uh, that's a common phrase. Uh, you remember the WWJD bracelets. Uh, we all say, yes, I, ultimately in life I want to be more like Jesus. But if we're going to be like Jesus, we have to also serve other people like Jesus. We have to approach ministry like Jesus. Now, you may say, I'm not sure about me and being called to ministry and all that stuff. I want you to hear a few verses. Ephesians 2.10 says this, It is God himself who has made us what we are and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And listen to this. And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives helping others. A part of God's plan for your life is for you to spend your life actually helping other people. Not only that, listen to this verse. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says that all of you, that is in the church, all of us together, we are Christ's body and each one of us is separate but a necessary part of it. Anytime you start questioning whether or not you actually have any significance in the kingdom, you need to go back to 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Because your part in the kingdom is absolutely necessary. And God has called you and he has a place for you. But before you can serve like Jesus, the first thing you have to do is, well, you have to accept your assignment. I'm not sure what that is for you. I don't know exactly what that looks like for you. But I, I, my prayer is that every one of us would be able to say what Jesus said in John 17, 4. In John 17, 4, Jesus prayed and he said this, I glorified you, Father, on earth by completing down to the last detail what you assigned me to do. It would be amazing if we could all get to the end of our lives and be able to pray that kind of prayer, God, I glorified you. I did down to the last detail what you assigned me to do. Our job is to discover our assignment, whatever that may be, whatever God has for us in life. We have to accept what that assignment is and then we live into it. We live into it. Actually, I want you to listen right now to the Stevens family, who have been serving in Haiti now uh, for six and a half years, been mission partners of ours. I want you to hear this message and this transition that's going on to, in their life, and then also listen for the message as well. Watch this video. It was um, probably last year, and we've for the last two years now, I think, um, we just had, there's been a lot of difficulties in Haiti and that have prevented us from being able to have mission teams there. And... Uh, just a lot of other things going on and and it just kind of weighed heavy on us and I think uh, in the summer of this past year um, God just put on our hearts at the same time that we were just ready to come home uh, we just felt it was best for our family and there was a job opportunity that came open at um, Gabriel's old high school where he went to boarding school and where Jan went to boarding school and uh, I don't know, they, they said you should apply, so I did, and I mean, God just made it work, like, really fast. Like, they needed me there in December, so we, at that point, made the decision to, to leave the mission field and come back home. If you're in the will of God, then you've got to listen to that, because there are so many people that come off of the mission field broken, but I feel, for our situation, 
God said it's time and he released us to start something new and we were obedient to that. We weren't like, no, we said we would be here forever. Um, we always said we would be here until God said differently. And he put on our hearts the same way he got us there to something different. And I mean, it's almost, it was almost daily for the first three weeks, you know, even from the little snow that happened for Josie on like Christmas Eve, she's like, there's the gift from God. He's just telling us it's going to be okay. And, you know, Josie finding a friend and, you know, meeting somebody at church. Um, we've all individually and as a collective family have seen God shining in the little miracles that he's put in our path to bless it. So whether you're going on the mission field or whether you're coming off, if you're like Frank said, if you're praying about it and God is saying go, then you need to go. And you need to figure out a good plan to make that happen. I am so thankful for the Stevens and their ministry and their ongoing ministry. And I love what they said in their video that when God says go, you go. When God says go, you go. And I think that's true for each and every one of us. We have to discover what our assignment is today. We have to accept it and then we live into it. I want us to go to Matthew chapter 15, and I want us to start in verse 29, and I want you to see what the scriptures say here. In verse 29 it says, Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up a mountainside and sat down. Verse 30 says, Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. Again, we're seeing Jesus do miracle after miracle throughout the Gospel of Matthew. Verse 31 says, The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. Now, whenever we read these accounts of Jesus doing ministry, a lot of times right here is where our focus goes to, and rightly so. Jesus, the Son of God, full of the Holy Spirit and power, he is displaying that power in so many ways, and he still does that today. But there's a shift here in the text that I want to point out. While Jesus is doing all of these miracles, he also models for us what it looks like to do ministry with other people. And ministry, not just in praying for the sick to get well, not just in doing a miracle. He actually gives us some very practical steps on what it looks like to serve or be in ministry, steps that you and I can follow. If you go to verse 32 in Matthew 15, the text says, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And then he says, I do not want to send them away hungry, or they may collapse on the way. Now right here, Jesus has been with this crowd. He's been doing miraculous signs, but also he, he sees a real need in their life. And he calls his disciples to him, and he starts to instruct them uh, on some ways to serve these people in practical ways. I want to point out two steps to begin with. If we're going to serve like Jesus... The first thing we have to do is we have to be able to see the people in front of us. We actually have to see the people who are right in front of us. Not look for the people who used to be in front of us or, or look for people who we wish were in front of us, but who are the people in your life right now that God has placed in front of you? What are their names? What are their stories? What are their hurts? If we're going to serve like Jesus, 
the first thing we have to do is to be able to see the people that God places right in front of us or that God places in our lives. The second thing we have to do is we have to be able to see the need in people's lives, those people who are right in front of us. And it raises a question that as we go through life, as we go to work or the ball field or wherever that is, do we see people as people? And do we see the needs that they have in their life? Jesus always focused on the need of the person that was right in front of him. But whenever he says, I'm, I have compassion for these people, it's because he knows them. He's been with them three days. Again, he knows their names. He knows their stories, many of them. He knows that some of them have traveled from very far just to come and see him and be with him. He knows these people, but he also knows what they need. So many times when we think about ministry, a lot of times we think of it in terms of, uh, well, what's a good idea? What's something cool that we can do? Ministry is not grounded in just good ideas. Ministry is grounded in seeing a need in another human being's life and then coming up with a good idea to meet that need. So the first thing we see here is Jesus challenges us. He models for us, but he also challenges us to see the people who are right in front of us, but also see their needs as well. As we see here in the text, Jesus' disciples answered, he says, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? Jesus says, guys, I have compassion for these people. They have nothing to eat. And the disciples, first thing they do is they ask a question. Where in the world could we get enough bread to feed all these people? Verse 34, Jesus asked them, how many loaves do you have? They said, seven. And we have a few small fish. Now, right here in this story, we get some more practical steps. The next thing that we have to do, if we're going to serve like Jesus, we have to ask ourselves, what do we have to work with? Notice whenever Jesus says, I have compassion on this crowd. They've been with me for three days. They have nothing to eat. Some have traveled a long way. If they try to go home hungry, they'll collapse along the way. Notice the disciples actually ask a practical question. Where are we going to get enough bread? And so many times when we're doing ministry, that, that's the simple question that we have to ask ourselves. And the question is simply, what do I have to work with? I see a need in someone else's life, but what do I actually have to work with in order to meet that need? I really believe that when God gives you the opportunity to see a need in someone else's life, he is going to provide what you need to meet that need. God will provide what you need to meet that need in someone else's life. The, the next thing that Jesus shows us here is that we need to focus on what we have, not what we don't have. You need to focus on what you have, not what you don't have. So many times whenever we think of meeting needs in people's lives around us, uh, so many times we have a poverty mentality. We think, I need more. I need more money, or I need more resources, or I need more stuff, whatever it may be. Whenever we're doing ministry, we have to have a provision mentality, not a poverty mentality. The provision mentality says that God has allowed me to see this need in someone else's life, and he's going to give me what I need to meet that need. And so we have to ask ourselves, what do we have to work with? Focus on what we have, not what we don't have. But then not only that, we need to focus on what we can do, not what we can't do. Focus on what you can do, not what you can't do. The truth is, no one can do it all. 
No one can do all the ministry in the world that the world needs, but you can do a part of it. You can do a part of it. God has given you gifts and talents and resources and opportunities as well. And so I have to focus on what I can do, not what I can't do whenever I see a need in someone else's life. And so Jesus here, he says, guys, I want you to see the people in front of you. I want you to see their need. Ask yourself, what, what do you have to work with? Focus on what you have, not what you don't have. Focus on what you can do, not what you cannot do. The story goes on in verse 35. It says, he told the crowd to sit on the ground. Notice that. Jesus is doing something very strategic here. He told the crowd to sit on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish and when he had given thanks, he broke them, gave them to the disciples, and they in turn to the people. Right here, Jesus does three more very important things. If you're going to do ministry like Jesus, notice what he did. The first thing he did was he told the crowd to sit on the ground. Uh, that's another way of saying Jesus got things organized. He needed everyone to sit down so that everyone could be fed. He organized. Secondly, it says that Jesus was thankful for what he had. It says that he gave thanks. Before he used what he had, he was thankful for what he had. He gave thanks to the Father for what he had to work with. Whenever we're doing ministry and trying to meet needs in people's lives, never forget what I said earlier, God will provide. And we see here Jesus not complaining but thanking God for what he had to work with. And then the third thing we see here is that Jesus was thankful for who he had, who he had. Notice that when Jesus took these loaves of bread and these fish, and he gave thanks, he prayed over them, and he broke them. Notice that Jesus did not take them to the people. Notice that Jesus gave them to his disciples who took them to the people. This is very important. If we're going to do ministry and we're going to meet the needs in people's lives, if we're going to serve like Jesus, then we have to use who God puts in our life, who God surrounds us with. While we're meeting the needs of people that we see, Jesus has also put people in our life to help us along the way. And so what Jesus is doing here is modeling for us a very practical way of serving people. You see the people who are in front of you. You see the need that they have in their life. You ask yourself, what do I have to work with? What do I have to work with? You focus on what you have, not what you don't have. You focus on what you can do, not what you can't do. You get organized. You're thankful for what you have, and you're thankful for who you have around you that can help you. All of this is very, very important if we're going to serve like Jesus. You know, in 1 John 3.14, it says, Our love for each other proves, proves that we have gone from death to life. Our love for each other, it proves something very important, that we have moved from death to life. That word love is an action word. It's not just a feeling. You could even say, what we say to each other proves that we have moved from death to life. How we talk about each other, what we do for each other, proves that we have moved from death to life. Because love is an action. And if we're going to serve like Jesus, love has to motivate everything we do. Everything we do.
Yes, there are some practical things here, but we can actually go through all of these practical steps and serve just like Jesus. But love has to be the thing that motivates us. I really believe for the kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, we have to love people enough to look them in the eyes and see past just the exterior and see the real needs that they have in their life and then be willing to act, be willing to actively love them in such a way to meet those needs. I really believe that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that there are people right now in your life that God wants you to impact, that God wants you to show who he really is. There are hurting people all around you. And my prayer for us this week is that we would have eyes to see them and that we would have the boldness and the courage and the love to act and meet a need in someone else's life. Giving of yourself the way Jesus gave of himself in that selfless way is one of the most beautiful acts that reflects the heart of the Father. And my prayer for us here at Fraser is that we would do just that. We would reflect the heart of the Father, meeting the needs in other people's lives, completely motivated by love. Let's pray. Father, I thank you right now for the love that you have poured out into our life. Lord, I pray that we would not keep it for ourselves, but Lord, I pray that as we see the needs in the lives of people around us, Lord, give us the boldness and courage to act, motivated completely by your amazing love. Let it be so among us. In Jesus' name, amen.